All right, good morning, good evening, good night. It is another episode of the Nifty Q Show. We're going to have a great conversation here with Zeneca, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, guys went on an absolute tear in the NFT space, and I'm excited to have him on the channel. Thanks for stopping by here today as we just press live. Zeneca, my man, we're going to have ourselves a great talk. How are you doing here today? I'm doing well. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited, excited to be here. It's awesome, man. You've been on a ton of different uh, kind of like text-based uh, art like you were on the defiant uh, you were on a lot of different media publications and things like this but i'm excited to have you here in person in video in your board ape hoodie i uh, can't yep. ask for more man yeah 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 i got it like finally delivered a couple of weeks ago i think it would it took a, lo- a while longer to get over here in europe um I, i've been wearing it more than i should it, it needs a wash <laughs> yeah <laughs> Dude, at uh, least you got the black one. I, I got the white yeah, one. I exactly. already like spilled shit on mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that I needed the black one just to, because I do spill things too. Gotcha, man. All right. Well, if you guys are just tuning in, this is the Nifty Q show. I'm interviewing just awesome founders, awesome leaders, uh, people pushing the boundaries in the NFT space. Of course, we're sitting here with Zeneca, who has really carved out a nice role for himself as a nft influencer what do you what do you call yourself zeneca like what's what's your role yeah i mean i think like most people i don't like the word influencer it has like negative connotations i like content creator i think that's more accurate and less uh negative or whatever yeah i, yeah. I think that's what i do yeah I, I create content newsletter uh podcast uh similar to sort of what you do content you create video content and other content i create you know my, my content now and you you do a much better job of getting the word out there, man. You're you're absolutely killing uh, it from a follower standpoint and just an influenced standpoint. I'm not going to call you an influencer. The last time. <laughs> no, uh, I mean I know that it's sort of I am one just because the whatever the zeitgeist has dictated. If you have this many followers and people, you are an influencer. But it's um yeah, I, I don't really mind too much, but yeah, I think content creator is more accurate. I guess I know exactly what you mean too. There's a lot of people that that bring a bad name to the word influencer. So uh, we are going to talk about that rise to uh, quote, I'm not saying the word the rise <laughs> to fame uh, in the NFT yeah. space. We're going to touch on that. I want to hit your origin. Of course, you've got Zen Academy uh, that you just launched, I believe. Uh, and then about a week ago. Yeah, yeah. And then the current state of the market where we're headed, just general NFT talk. I, I love that you're into NFT gaming as well, but let's touch on that origin story, man. I want to know about who Zeneca is before all of this yeah so before any of this i was a professional poker player for about 15 years so kind of went high school basically into poker um dropped out of uni or college and then yeah just played poker for 15 years on like mostly online maybe five ten percent was live in person at tournaments traveling and all that kind of stuff so that was you know crazy interesting exciting different life already uh and it sort of made the transition into crypto a little more easy and seamless because it's not like i was quitting a nine-to-five job i wasn't you know doing anything like that and i was like already at home in front of my computer playing online poker i could just shift my attention and uh i sort of like started dabbling in crypto in 2016 2017 i think when a lot of people did you know ethereum was starting to make noise and and we had that crazy bull market uh and then when that bear hit i as a lot of people did got bored you know disinterested it was it was not as fun when numbers stopped going up and it was just sideways and it was building and i didn't have that like conviction in the tech and understanding of it to to really want to stick around and be there through it all uh and then yeah started this year as crypto started going crazy again i started peaking my interest and that's that's sort of when i yeah got back into crypto and i had some friends who were talking to me about nfts and you know as most people who first hear about NFTs, you think it's a scam, it's some Ponzi, it's some just, it doesn't make sense. You can't wrap your head around because you just think it's just a JPEG that costs this much and it, it just takes a while. But eventually it clicked and, you know, I read some articles and, I, and it, it seemed awesome. And I bought my first NFT or my first NFTs. And like after that, like once you buy NFTs, it's like no one buys one NFT. Mm-hmm. There's no one buys one NFT. You buy one <laughs> and you're like, wow, this is cool. I haven't, and then you just want to buy more and learn more. And, you know, it's an expensive thing to get into. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. But, yeah and then that was like february march this year uh and i just sort of got deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole i think like a lot of people do started trading and flipping more and then started creating my content my newsletter these daily stats on twitter podcasts somewhere along the way and uh yeah have sort of shifted away from the the flipping and investing side of things the last couple of months and more on uh advising and consulting projects and then you know launching my own project to again just advise consult educate 
and spread awareness and information. It's crazy how quick you can fall down the rabbit hole in, in NFTs, man. We've been in, in Wonderland so long. I don't even know my life before this. Uh, and, I know. and not just talking about NFTs either, just crypto in general. Back in 2017, of course, uh, that was like around the time I got in. I want to touch on that transition from uh, poker to crypto. Did you take anything from you or from that experience uh, as a poker player? I'm always jealous of you guys. DPs in the chat saying crypto people have the most colorful resumes. And you guys that play poker, man, you always like, <laughs> can pull something from your time playing and it transitions to like some type of mental uh, advantage that you have over the rest of us. So what did you learn from poker that you transitioned into crypto and, and NFTs? Yeah, no, it is interesting how many poker players have found themselves in crypto and NFT. And I think it is because there are a lot of transferable skills um, or mindsets, just, just as you were saying, like the mental side of things. Uh, I think a lot of it is like to do with the, I like to call it the, the healthy disassociation of money. And like within poker, you're, you know, you're, you're betting in it. it is quote unquote real money. Like your chips, they correlate to real money. When you win a big pot, lose a big pot, you're losing real money. But if every time you're playing a pot, you're thinking that the chips, oh, this is rent for the next month. This is a car. If it's a lot, this is, you know, a big dinner and a new iPhone that I just won or lost. You go crazy. You just can't, you know, make a big bluff per se. If you're like thinking it's a, it's a massive purchase in real life. So you have to disassociate yourself some amount if, if you go too far and you lose all regard for money then you end up not caring at all and that's that's obviously not a good thing but you can't be too attached either and i think it's similar in crypto and nfts where you know you buy into let's say an nft project it goes up 3x 5x and you're thinking wow that's so much money i could buy this that and the other um and you're always thinking in us dollars or fiat or euros or whatever and you're like okay i should sell and then i could just do this but if you if the project is awesome and you really believe in it, it, it you can often get greater gains by holding and staying in and you know having that understanding again that disassociation of money um helps in that front and on the flip side if you buy a project and it tanks and you, you end up losing like we get very used to losing money in poker because like every day basically if you're a poker player you will lose money you'll lose pots um and it just becomes second nature yeah i just finished anthony bourdain's book uh and he was talking about being a chef and if you want to start out being a chef you have to go all in and it sounds like that's what yeah. poker players to do too you know you 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 can't just half-ass being a poker player either you're in you're out and you got to swing for the fences and you guys can do that kind of i mean there, there are like semi-professional poker players people who, who have a full-time job and then they casually play and they can be successful but I do think there's a bit of like they spend a disproportionate amount of their time on the poker side of things just to get their heads around it and all that. Um, side note, I love the Anthony Bourdain books and uh, yeah, big fan. Yeah, I miss him a bunch. I, I loved his shows I, and I yeah. absolutely enjoyed the book. If you guys didn't check out any books by Anthony Bourdain, Kitchen Confidential is a great one. Uh, but mm -hmm. that was a huge sidetrack. Uh, I want to yeah. talk, talk, I think I'm going to ask this more in my conversations with people, but what was the first time that you heard kind of the word NFT? I kind of want to figure out like how you mm. essentially, you know, got introduced to NFTs and what the light bulb moment was for you in that moment. Yes. The very first time I can pinpoint it because uh, I was chatting with my, well, actually my friend, Jamie, who's co-host of my podcast. He said, uh, do you know what a hash mask is? And I, I was like, no, no, I had no idea. And, and then he like told me, and that's sort of when the word NFT came up and it was like this new tech. And I was like, no, I don't get it. Scam seems weird. Okay. Cause he had some friends that were buying them for crazy amounts of money. And um, yeah. And sort of the aha moment. And then the time that I got it was this article I read by Packy McCormick. He has this Substack called not boring. And he wrote this article called power to the person. And it's like all about the creator economy and what NFTs can unlock. And like, we're seeing a lot more of it now. I think it was written in, in again, February or something, or at least I read it in February, March. It might've been written a little earlier. Hmm. And um, yeah, in it, he was talking about CryptoPunks and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I get it now. I, I, can, see, I can see how this would be awesome and how this will put the power back in the hands of the people. Yeah, we really set the stage here as well for like your come up, right? Like February, March timeframe, I think was around the time that you started to, I don't know when that first floor price post uh, came out, but you, <laughs> you just essentially rose to fame uh, by posting this every day. You kept track of all of the floor prices and then you started to provide analysis on that too, which I think was a really big point, uh, really positive and, and smart move by you because there was going to be a ton of people that were going to automate that. Uh, at some point, but you don't get the analysis that you still do to this day. So kind of tell us like, what was the thought process behind? Let me do this. And, and then mm -hmm. the journey you've been on uh, th these past six months, eight months. 
Yeah, it's been wild. I think it was uh, maybe like mid-end May or early June that I first started doing that. Honestly, it could have been earlier. Time is so weird. Uh, but yeah, it was it was literally just I was already starting to flip and buy and get into NFT projects. And I myself was just tra were tracking the floor prices of like the, I don't know, the four projects I was in. I think it was like Gutter Cats and Bonsai's and a couple of other things, um, you know, in the early days. And I think I had a friend say something along the lines of it would be cool to see floor prices tracked. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing it with these handful of projects. Let me tweet it out and see if anyone else likes it. Um, I think I added like CryptoPunks and a couple other projects, Bored Apes maybe as well, that I wasn't in. I can't remember if I was in the Bored Apes then or not. Um, but yeah, it was so it was quite early on because I got into Apes at like 0.5 to 0.70. E. So it was before they were that price. And um, I think, and anyway, yeah, there was just a good reception. People were like, hey, this is cool. I like this. This is interesting. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, let me just keep doing it. And then I was like, well, I, I tweeted it just what the floor price are. I can just tweet day to day, like update the price from yesterday to today, get this running snapshot. And it just grew from there and, and like adding, adding more projects and more projects. And, you know, now we have, I don't know, maybe 200 on there, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, you make a good point about the ana analysis being a, like a differentiating factor because there already have been tons of good websites that track floor prices. You can go there to see it, but um, mine is, I guess, more convenient because it's straight on Twitter and it, it does. I do do this analysis and breakdown that people seem to like that, I guess, differentiates me a bit. Yeah, absolutely. What was the follower count uh, for you before you started doing this? Because right now, guys, if you're not if you're not familiar with Zeneca, I don't know how you aren't if you're in the NFT space. One hundred and twenty five thousand, I think, around there. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I honestly don't know. It would have been like a couple thousand or something like, yeah, I would say under 5,000. I ha had like a, like maybe three or 400 followers. And then when I got my board ape, I got up to like 1500 or 2000 just because of the ape follow eight thing. Mm -hmm. And again, I can't, I can't really remember the timeline. Um, but yeah, like I started my Twitter account in March. So, you know, by actually, no, I, I think I do remember. I was telling my friend, it would be cool if by the end of, I think by the end of June, I could have 5,000 Twitter followers. And uh, I remember not actually achieving it. I was like, yeah. So I think before June, uh, I asked him, do you think I can have a thousand followers by the end of June? And he was like, yeah. And then I was like, do you think I can have 5,000 followers? And he was like, nah. And then, um, yeah, I didn't actually get there. I think I must've had like three or 4,000. And then July, August, yeah, it just went absolutely crazy. So either you made a deal with the devil or you <laughs> have hacked the algorithm somehow. Feel free to tell us like what you can about all of that. But like, what is it like now? Like, like you went from, oh, I'm not going to hit 5K to being, you know, one of the most followed people in the NFT space from like an organic view count standpoint. So like, take me through that. What What is your thought process today? Can you even kind of believe it? Did you go through that unbelievable kind of stage? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm still sort of in the unbelievable kind of stage, but uh, yeah, it, it was just like a gradual, but like really steep climb. It, it just was like, it, it wasn't like I went from 10K to 50K overnight. It, it just kind of, the, the graph went up in like a relatively steady way, but it just kept climbing steeply. And um, I, I just think it was because I was providing content that people liked, like the stats was by far, as you said, the biggest thing that people, because they would see it, they would appreciate it, they would share it. And then it was like, it, came, it became a thing that people just knew every single day. And then they would find out about that. And then looping in my other content, my newsletter, people started to appreciate that. And so people would share my newsletter. And from there, they would maybe find my Twitter mm -hmm. and then the podcast is another thing. So it's, it all sorts of sort of works together, but I think it all really does come down to the daily stats that I've been doing basically every day. Um, minus maybe a couple of weeks vacation in the middle. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't really actively think too much about how can I increase my follow account? Like it, it just happens again, organically. I, 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 I guess I, I think I do think about it a little bit, but more in the sense of what kind of things can I post that people would like and share and be valuable to the community? Cause I think that's where growth comes from. Like if people find what you say valuable and they like it, then they will share it and they will mm. remember it. And it's also, it makes me feel good because I'm then providing something of value and it's not like I'm just engagement farming or doing anything like that. So like, I'm, I, yeah. It's not, not just tweeting. Good morning. Uh, although that that is that's I, a good I do thing. still do that yeah no yeah, yeah, i love yeah. that too i do man. still do that yeah it's it's a meme in and of itself a little bit but it's it's an awesome one uh yeah man you had an article uh, in the defiant talking about how when you first started doing the the uh 
floor price tracking and stuff like that. You were just trying to find something that was missing in the space. You're trying to add that value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do want to touch on like what you think is missing from the market now and into the future. Uh, but let's talk about like the last eight months as it is like from a macro standpoint, right? Like mm-hmm. what led to this kind of huge, I guess, interest uh, in the NFT space just in this past eight months? Like what has your experience been uh, not maybe from like posting and all the you know followers that you're getting, but just macro standpoint on NFTs. Like when we look back in five years, what are we going to say about this time? Yeah, I mean, I just think this is a time where we've seen explosive growth and interest in NFTs from all sorts of arenas outside of the crypto space as well as within the crypto space. But like, I wasn't really around before this year even at the beginnings of this year, that there wasn't a large NFT community. It, it just didn't really exist. I mean, in February, March, April, when I was getting in, the top quote-unquote NFT influencers had 20,000 followers, 30,000 followers. And there just weren't that many people interested in following people on NFTs because the demand wasn't there. And it sort of became this more mainstream thing just based on just the perfect combination of events. Crypto was going up. Uh, Top Shot was around. A lot of people were talking about that. Axie was starting to take take off. Zed Run was starting to take off. Um, CryptoPunks were having some big sales. Beeple had that massive sale, got into mainstream news. Everyone was talking about it. The Saturday Night Live sketch. It was like it, it became cultural, a cultural phenomenon almost. And that brought eyes and attention and money. And just because of the nature of NFTs, I think that they're so, as we just said before, you can't, you know, you, most people don't buy one they get into it and they say hey this is cool and because it's this like center of um art and culture and finance and tech and and all this stuff all these varying interests come together and then people started forming communities and, th- and that's where the board ape yacht club came in mm. and and sort of solidified this whole community aspect and i think a lot of people in the world were seeking something like that and may not have found it. Maybe something to do with COVID, you know, for 18 months, we were all locked up at home and now you could you interact with, make friends online in a way that maybe like a lot of us couldn't before. Yeah. And it's just, it's just cool and fun. It's uh, I'm sh- I'm over here, like just shaking my head at everything yeah. you're saying, because it's literally not just one thing, right? You mentioned mm-hmm. like 20 different things and it's like an amalgamation, all of it. It's like this big concoction that had to maybe even all occur at once who knows where the mm-hmm. nft adoption would be if uh covid didn't hit so uh yeah man I, you touched on board api club of course they've been in the news like crazy uh just over yeah. the past two weeks but generally over the the huge timeline uh that you just mentioned board ape has been a winner so what did board ape uh do well like what wh- like what made you buy it back when it was point six point seven because i think i got in there around there as well but mm. what made you buy your first board ape and what continues to make you bullish on that project so basically what made me buy it was just literally everyone was talking about them like you couldn't be on twitter without someone and it was like happening more and more and more like for a few weeks i would hear people on twitter and discords mentioning the board apes and it seemed like almost like an annoying thing i was like this just going on i didn't really get it i i, I never even really looked hard into the project because i had other projects i was in i was racing a lot on zed run um and stuff like that and it didn't immediately appealed to me but it just got to this uh boiling point where just everyone was talking about it and making a big deal about it they'll talk about flipping the me bits there was talk about you know just the commercial rights aspect people were making derivatives and it it just got well i was just like this is gonna take off there's just like everyone is is, it's just it is a thing and i was like i just need one it's it's basically it was fomo it was like i don't want to miss out on this i need to get in on this and that's that's why i bought in and it's yeah, it, it's just sort of like the network effect. I think that's that's a, probably the key point of it. it. It has this wide, diverse, huge community now. And every member of the community is like out there promoting and supporting and spreading awareness of it and building and creating. Like a lot of members are doing cool things. And it's just growing the pie for everyone, really. And yeah, you know, you, I joined the Discord and it was just so much fun. And people were like having a great time and chatting and the chat was buzzing and there was all these little other channels that people were going and it was just it it was just a cool community and it still is and um you know we've, we've had a lot of a lot of projects take inspiration from that since then clearly thousands probably mm-hmm. and some of them now are very successful projects with cool communities and bright futures yeah crypto stamina is in the chat saying uh in before zeneca at 0.5 so 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, it's funny because you mentioned earlier about like that adoption curve that we saw where like the inflection point, essentially. I had that same thought of like, where were all these people that mm-hmm. somehow like needed this? Yeah. What, what were they doing before? You know, like it, this thing just like exploded. And then there were all these communities that were filled with all of these people who are interested in those projects. What the hell were you guys doing before? Uh, yeah. And it's, it's just been a crazy run, man. Um, I do want to get to like more broad, uh, NFT talk. I think that we can have some good discussions there. Uh, I want to get your take on like interesting projects that you think are like on the rise. Uh, but I want to talk about your project that's on the rise. You, you launched it a week ago, Zen Academy, uh, kind of give us a breakdown of what you're trying to accomplish there and that experience of like launching your own NFT project. Yeah. So maybe like four months, five, five months ago now, this time is weird. Um, I sort of had the idea that it would be cool to launch my own NFT project. I think a lot of us in the space think it would be cool, but then it's like, what could I do? What does the space need, et cetera. Um, and sort of, it was at a point when my newsletter was getting more attention, my stats people were liking, and I was like, and a lot of people were asking me questions about NFTs, like what to buy, how to get started, et cetera. And I was like, well, this is currently not a go-to place to learn about NFTs really. Like if one of us has a friend that says, hey, how can I learn about NFTs? I don't really, I can't really say go here. It's like, I'll maybe send them a couple of articles, a few videos, a podcast or two, tell them some people to follow on Twitter, some discords to join, tell them, you know, do some work, come back to me, ask me questions. And then I'm back and forth answering the questions. It would be excellent if I could say, go to this place. There's an intro guide and then step-by-step you can learn everything there. It's all. Yeah. And so I had this idea, you know, why don't I just create that, create this huge educational academy with courses and, and guides. And I got really ahead of myself and like, it became like, we started designing the website and I was like, there's a ton of work and content required to actually build this the way I want it to be. And then, um, you know, I was trading still and I was still in my, my newsletter. I was like, let me just take a step back. I don't want to go all in on this. And I sort of just put a pin in it. And then um, I created a discord server for it. And I was like, let me just keep the discord open and, you know, have, this is the community where people can come and hang out and chat. And then, um, you know, a few months later, I was planning to go to America for Marfa, the Artblocks event, and then NFT NYC and ApeFest. And uh, because of COVID travel restrictions, I just couldn't enter because the US banned people from uh, Europe or Germany rather for like 14 days um, if they'd spent the last 14 days here. And um, then I was like, hey, I've got like six, seven weeks that I was planning to travel for a good chunk of it. Maybe I can revisit Zen Academy, um, which is the name I had come up with for it. And yeah. And then I was like, well, instead of just launching this huge thing, maybe I can build it from the ground up. And I've got this Discord server. It had grown to like 11,000 people. I was like, this is a really good killer community. Everyone's friendly and welcoming and warm. Um, so why don't I sell like uh, an, a membership token that acts as like access to zen academy which is currently just the discord server but whatever it grows into it grows into um and so i ended up like gating the discord closing it off to the public uh for a few reasons i kind of wanted it to be always open but then like we had people getting scammed and like bots entering and it's like i think that it's fine to have a bit of a barrier to entry um just to to, to protect the community and and keep the quality high i guess and you know i I let everyone who had joined eleven thousand people just give gave them a, a role so they could like have lifetime access to the discord and then i was like i'll sell this token um which gives you access as well and we'll have other benefits to come in the future um and that's basically the nft the one that i was launching or i have launched and i priced it at 0.033 eth for a lifetime membership and it's an erc 1155 so so the actual nft the token it's just it's all the same like it's not rarities there's no art there's nothing Mm -hmm. generative it's just a letter that i wrote it's like an image of a letter and um yeah everyone gets the same one and um yeah it's it was launched 10 days ago last tuesday and it's open for another few days so i said i'll have an open edition for two weeks anyone that wants one can mint one there's no like hard cap on the supply but after two weeks the lifetime membership won't be there anymore um and yeah the, the launch was good and smooth and it's going well and i'm really liking it um so many of your experiences i I feel like i've kind of like lived through i obviously we haven't launched an nft here in lat city but just the community building the content creation the value that comes from having engaged awesome community members it's it's Mm -hmm. sick so uh you are gonna like so you what was the day amount that you said the minting window was open for it is open until the 23rd okay so so next tuesday at like 10 p.m uh utc so that's like 
four, three, three, three to five p.m. Eastern time. Okay, gotcha. I love that you hit the road, and I, I hesitate to even call it a roadmap because you came out and you were just like, "This NFT is getting you access to the Discord, and that's it right now." Like that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so like it almost feels great and relieved. Uh, like I feel relieved when I see that when I see a roadmap of like eighteen thousand things that mm-hmm. are probably never gonna get you know all hit. But uh, what is the kind of plan uh, potentially? So you have that mint window closing. What are you potentially doing afterwards? Like ideas maybe you've thrown around in your brain on what utility you could provide past that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess like the, the big long-term vision is to create this. It's like almost like a school. Like it would be awesome to create the first metaverse school. I envision in several years in the sandbox, decentralized Somnium space, we have an actual academy in all these places where the community members, they can go and hang out, where new members can go and learn about, it doesn't even have to be NFTs at that point. It could be about anything. But, um, you know, that's that's obviously really far in the future. In the interim, on the way there, you know, we start as a Discord server. Maybe in a few months, we launch a website and a YouTube channel with some guides and helpful things. And, um, yeah, like utility is access to this stuff. It, it's just future access to the Academy in, in the metaverse. Um, probably a lot of the content created will just be free because if you're educating, you want it to be free and available to everyone. Um, so I will be trying to figure out creative ways to reward the holders of the NFT. Um, it's possible that like we have beginner courses that are free and then advanced courses that, you know, you have to pay uh, a yearly fee to get access to. And then obviously the people that have bought the token now have lifetime access. So ideally the value in those tokens will go up. So they get a benefit in supporting early and then uh, Ideally, the price point is still valuable for anyone buying, say, a yearly pass in the future. Um, yeah, it, it, these are just ideas. Again, yeah. it, it's sort of like not a roadmap, um, but I definitely have like a vision that I would like to get to. Um, but who knows? You know, who knows what the future brings? It could just be a Discord server for the next five years. And, and probably on, won't be. But <laughs> honestly, like yeah. when I love talking to people that had projects before they launched the NFT. Like there's a ton of projects in the space that we're just, hey, we're launching an NFT and now we're going to lay out yeah. everything when you have some type of value that you were creating beforehand, then you add the NFT. That's all you really need to do at the end of the day, like you just said. Yeah. So uh, I want to talk about kind of the industry as a whole, of course, uh, but specifically on kind of NFT gaming. Uh, I've seen you talk about NFT gaming a little bit. Uh, I would be interested to see if there was like a Zen Academy guild set up. I think that, that I'm interested in that kind of business model. Uh, I've seen the mm-hmm. YGGs of the world and things like that, but NFT gaming, and then we'll make our way to kind of your thoughts on like the next year. But why are you talking about NFT gaming so much uh, in the public? Yeah, I mean, I've been talking about gaming NFTs for I think like several months now, just because I, I, I saw and see that it being the next big thing. We had art, we had collectibles, and gaming is just such a bigger industry. Just like if you take NFTs out of the equation and look at the art industry worldwide and like how many people are collecting and, and money spent on like basketball cards and, and rare coins and stamps and comics, like it's not that much money. Yes, there are collectors and people like collecting, but gaming, that's like a two to three hundred billion dollar a year industry in and of itself. And then you add NFTs into the equation, it, it can really explode, um, especially since, you know, the people who are spending two to three hundred million dollars a year, they're not really getting it like ownership over their assets in the way that they would with nfts but yeah it just makes sense that the next big thing because we've already seen a bunch of gaming projects like in the works be successful and there's so many launched this year um it it just it is going to captivate a lot more people i think and and especially like those who say uh i I don't like nfts they're just a jpeg well no this is actually you you can use your nft you can play you can earn and, and this is like uh almost like proof or uh, like an argument to convince those who didn't quite believe before that hey there there's value to this nft thing um like yeah so like a zen academy dao or like a guild or whatever sounds really interesting and i think that is something that i i can and probably will explore in the future a year or two away i think i'm sort of shying away from any sort of dao guild thing like that just for regulatory and legal concerns there are ways you can structure it and you can do it it's just it's uh it's just like a lot like to do it properly you need to do your due diligence and i think i want to focus on other things community building first and then you know if we have hundred thousand people in the community in in a year or two um you know and like the legal framework for DAOs has been fleshed out more like they're not really registered like recognized rather entities in almost anywhere in the world Mm -hmm. but if in a couple of years you know it's possible to have 
a DAO with a hundred thousand people, you know, maybe with a core team that's KYC that, that I would be a part of. And then everyone can be involved in owning, whether it's an investment fund, whether it's a guild, what, whatever it is, that would be really cool. But again, that's future maybe years away type thinking. Yeah. I love that we brought up regulatory stuff. I mean, it needs to be brought up in in the grand scheme of things. Uh, people kind of just want to sweep it under the rug, but it's an important mm. aspect of just kind of like dealing with financial assets, which of course NFTs have, you know, value to them. So that needs to be kind of under that realm. Uh, I do want to touch on really quick, the uh, emergence of DeFi and NFTs, right? Like that's mm -hmm. another regulatory uh, thing where, uh, you know, with the tokens being dropped to stakers or to holders, that felt like kind of an overstep a little bit. I felt like we were like squarely mm -hmm. in that collectible gaming uh, art type of phase. And then once DeFi enters this realm, uh, you know, the regulatory stuff is gray, like you were saying. So what is your mm -hmm. take on like the tokens uh, being associated, the fungible tokens and DeFi kind of entering the NFT space? I think it's it's very cool and exciting that DeFi is entering the space just because the possibilities are awesome and like can unlock some amazing things. I think that the way that most projects have been launching and incorporating DeFi into their projects and ecosystems over the last few months is dangerous and is like that they are basically risking being uh just having a hammer come down from the securities and exchange commission basically because what they're offering are not no longer just nfts they are securities if they they promise passive income if there's a yield token etc um so yeah I, I think projects and consumers should be very wary of tokens and yields and staking and that kind of stuff um there is a way to do it by the book or like not even necessarily by the book because the sec hasn't said what the, the book is yet we don't know what is allowed and what isn't but you can get legal advice and, and do things in a way that is likely to be okay and, and good projects are doing that and, and that's great to see and we're going to see more DeFi nft stuff happen in the future i, I think the next the, the big one i've been talking about a bit lately is um in the next three to six months i think we're going to see like automatic market makers for collateralizing your nfts become a thing so we have now peer-to-peer -peer lending where if you want to take a loan out against one of your nfts you can someone else makes an offer or you put it up and say hey i'm willing to pay this much interest you pay gas to you know lock it up and then gas to unlock it and then um usually the interest rates are high like 10 to 50 100 in some cases sometimes more which is crazy um but there's this desperate need and well not need but like desire of people who have nfts to want liquidity from their entities but not to sell them and like you can't currently easily do that aside from this p2p lending but there's a bunch of people who are working on these these marketplaces and these platforms where you'll be able to you know instantly get liquidity for your nft you know maybe you get it at 40 percent of floor price or whatever it is just so they can protect themselves but it'll be at a more reasonable interest rate it only has to be like two three four percent and then you have this liquidity and you know you can use it to go farm DeFi and make better than 4% on. Um, but what most people are probably going to do is get liquidity and go buy more NFTs. And it's just going to unlock this mass amount of money. And it's going to, what I, I, my prediction is it's going to cause this massive blow off top bull run. And then it's next time things come crashing down, people are going to get liquidated and it's going to be a worse crash than we've ever seen. And that will be the beginning of the real bear and people are going to get very wrecked. So please be careful very careful but it's gonna happen i love these takes man i love that take man we used to have a guy that did ta uh here on the channel uh he had that a uh, wall street background and he would always talk about these like w when you like stack these different tranches of like risk it's like a spiral effect downwards it just makes yeah, everything yeah, yeah, yeah. completely collapse and if you do yeah. have a situation where okay you were holding the nft but now if the you know price goes down or what have you and you can't pay it back it's just a cascading effect into the NFT yeah. market. It's really crazy. It's it's going to be bad, but mm -hmm. um, so it so, seems inevitable. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that. Like, the, I was going to take the devil's advocate, but you actually front ran me with that. So mm -hmm. uh, I kind of got your take uh, on like the next year, but I want to break this down a little bit more. Uh, what projects do you think are going to do well here over the next year, six months? Of course, nothing said on the channel is an investment advice, people. Uh, we do have Zeneca here who tracks a bunch of different projects. So if you had, you know, one ETH or 10 ETH or what have you to bet on projects in the space right now, knowing that this isn't financial advice, what would your answer be? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It's I'm actually pulling up my stats page here just so I can get a, a quick overview of projects. Um, 
I mean, one that I'm really, I've been bullish on for a while. It's had a crazy run up in the last few days is Doodles. Like, I just think they have a killer team, universally appealing art and, and a really good vision and future. Um, I don't know if they're a buy at like, what are the three and a half, four ETH that they are now, but um, that's a project that I think will do well. Obviously all the like quote unquote blue chips, I think are strong, solid investments. Um, I guess to go a little bit more speculative, um, I'll, I'll just list some projects that I'm really a big fan of. It's uh, Boss Beauties. I think that they have a killer team. They announced that they had a partnership with Marvel, which is enormous. And, and they had a spaces with them today. And, and they have like a, a, a roadmap almost, like an agenda, a plan for 2022. And they're going to do all sorts of cool things. So that's exciting. And it's cool to see when a project can make those connections because um, they have like real world business experience. Um, I think Kaiju Kings is is likely to do well. Uh, it's like the, the they have really smart people working on it and a passionate community. I actually don't own any, but I, I should rectify that because I do believe in it a lot. And um, yeah, I, I think that's another one that that is one to look at. Um, Cypherian Surge. There's another one that that's sort of I think it, it falls under the gaming umbrella. They're build, building this huge, huge universe and. and Again, I only have like a couple, so it's not like I have a big stake in it, but I do believe in it and probably need to increase my stake in it. Um, Top Dog Beach Club is one I'll always talk about because, I, again, they have an amazing team, passionate community, and they've just sort of been, you know, slowly building and growing, but their floor price hasn't ever really gone parabolic. And maybe it never will, but I think it's a nice, safe, relatively cheap investment. I think they're around 0.15 or whatever at the moment, but... Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of good projects. It's hard to. Yeah, yeah. So, so from like, I know some of it is a feel, right? Like, it, you have to really feel in the moment, especially maybe for a poker mm -hmm. player. Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, there is an element of feeling whether this project is legit or not. Uh, mm -hmm. But is there like a requirement? You mentioned team art vision, aka like a roadmap potentially. Mm -hmm. Is that kind of the the check boxes that you're hitting when you're looking at these projects? Is does it have a good team? Is the art dope? And do they have a good roadmap? Yeah, I mean, actually, probably like the top five is all just team for me. Like art and roadmap sort of comes way later in my decision making if I'm looking at it from an investment perspective. Um, even though this is not investment advice. Not um, advice guys. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, if I want to know the, the team and like what their history is, both in the crypto and NFT space and aside from it, um, can they execute on what they're, whatever they are planning to do, even if it's not much, if it's very lofty, then they need more experience. Um, in terms of roadmap and vision, um, I, I don't really care much unless there's something innovative. If they're doing something cool, new, different, and like just a new thing in the space that I think sounds awesome that people should, should and are likely to want to copy and get inspiration from um that's always a big plus for me but there's definitely an element of gut feeling like you said it's like you get a feeling for the types of people that are launching these projects and that the types of communities that are interested in them the types of people that are interested in the types of art that's appealing to the most um and you just start getting this it, it comes with experience being in the space for six, seven, eight, nine months doing a lot of flipping and trading, you know, what works, you know, what doesn't. And, you know, sometimes it's wrong, sometimes it's not, but yeah, again, doodles is one that just ticked every single box. I'll tell you another one coming up that that does is the littles and that's um, very high project. I think it's the first one out of the, the cyber Kong's think tank mm. and um, they're launching, I think this weekend or end of the weekend. And um, yeah, it's, it's probably going to do extremely well. It's um it ticks all the right boxes, has a great founder, great team. Um, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if Littles, I think the mint price is going to be like 0.15 or something. I think it's whitelist only or a lot of the whitelist in a public sale. Yeah, that would be a gas for. I actually didn't get whitelisted. <laughs> I spoke to Will, the founder. He gave me 10 spots for my community and I gave them all out. Oh, and I was nice. like, I'll just, I'll just buy secondary. I'll buy secondary because, yeah, I, I really do believe in it. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're over an ETH. Um, come monday yeah we we have you here for like another 10 to 12 minutes man and and there's a lot of questions i want to ask again we are live guys so if you have questions for zeneca definitely drop them there's some coming through uh but you know the couple of questions that i have related to the ecosystem is the are these ecosystem plays like you have the cyber you have the cyber kong's ecosystem and then you have kind of like the ability to say okay cyber kong's did really well 
the, the derivative projects or like the ecosystem mm-hmm. projects within that will probably do well. So um, that's kind of a, more of a statement. But as a personal question that I had to you, man, I've been in this space since 2017, cover the space every freaking day. Do you get the feeling or do, have you stepped behind the curtain? Uh, is there like a cloak and dagger like situation, Illuminati situation with some of these projects that are just like, like go up by like 5, 10, 12 ETH? And you're like, what the hell is going on here? Do you have that feeling on like a weekly basis at all with some projects that you just are like, what happened here? Um, I don't really get that feeling too much. I think there's definitely an element of like if a certain project is liked by, say, the, the punk community, the OG punks, it's just going to like, I think Crypto Toads, Crypto Toads is a great example of a project that a lot of people didn't quote unquote get, but because the, the, the founder, Gremlin is like such an OG in the space and he's so connected and has this network of people who've probably made millions and millions and millions and they're like, they're like going to support him and his vision. And he is has a reputation for doing things well and like being a good person. Um, that's where you get these crazy rises to astronomical floor prices. Um, I, I don't think it's like a cloak and dagger type thing where there's like a, a, a few private chat rooms in Discord where they're like, you know, get these first and then we'll pump it to 10 ETH and, and sell or something like that. I, I think it's just genuinely strong, connected people with, with big networks. And that's what I always tell to people. The number one most important thing if you're launching a project is to network. It's like, again, it's the people. And, and again, gut feeling comes down to how connected are the founders to the space did they just come here from you know whatever the their previous job was two months ago and they're trying to launch an nft project or have they launched a bunch of DeFi projects they know how to integrate and innovate and they know how the blockchain works and, and that you know that they know their way around nfts and you know if, if that's the case then i'm more likely to suspect they'll succeed um partially because they know that what they're doing but also partially because they have a strong network of people that have been in the space are likely wealthy and will just support them. We're squarely in the middle of the alpha portion of this episode, guys. So you're getting a lot of alpha here. I think that is kind of an extension of the conversation we were just having, right? The cyber Kongs and, and or mm-hmm. within the cyber Kongs ecosystem, that project's probably going to do well, guys. Like there's, yeah. there's money there. There's a strong community there. There's, it checks off those boxes that Zeneca was just mentioning. Uh, so drop your questions here. I do have one uh, that maybe you're not going to like as much, uh, Zeneca here. What is one of the worst projects that you've gotten into over the last eight months? Like, give me two or three potentially, like where you're like, shit, like this Mechaverse just <laughs> didn't work out. Yeah, no, I, I dodged Mechaverse, although I think they're doing better now. Um, uh, the one that always comes to mind is um, Metabots. I'm pretty sure it was Metabots. It was basically a rug. It was just a project that sort of stealth dropped, came up in nowhere and the art looked cool it was cheap i think it was 0.01 maybe at the time and i'm into like 100 or 150 of them and this is at a time really early on where 1 to 1.5 eth was like a significant amount of money for me uh, in as a percentage of my my whole portfolio and you know it was the first big bet that i made i was like because normally i was minting like two three four things at like 0.05 or 0.1 and i was like this is cheap they look cute. I can see it working, minted a ton. And then it turned out that the art was like stolen and the, the mm. dev and founder was a one person team. And then he just left and abandoned. And it was like that. Yeah, that one I hate. Um, other projects that I hate. I'm looking through my, my stats now, but I don't think there's any on there that I hate. The ones I, I do have taken off. You, so you, you did take off Yetis. This was a meme in the Lad City community for a little while. Yeah, because yeah, me, yeah. And, me and uh, Crypto Buffalo, who have been on the channel for a while, obviously co founders, like, we had yetis so yeah yeah <laughs> i mean i i took them off i don't hate them i, I took them off I, I take a lot of projects off when they're just not doing much price wise because i need to re- make room for new ones mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i i i thought what was going to happen to yetis ha- would happen like yeah I, I could see all the red flags before like but i made money off it like i bought pre-reveal sold and then was was happy to you know be away from that community it's yeah, yeah. again i don't hate it uh, there are there are very few projects that i, I actively hate i think yeah I think dislike so. it. honestly man like yetis are going to do well i think long term just because they've like established themselves they've like locked in that meme feature right like they were one of exactly the- yeah yeah 
I might have even bought one like a couple of months ago when Fleur was pumping every single thing and like all these dead projects were reviving. I was like, I should get a couple of pickles. I should get a couple of misfits. I should get a couple of yetis. Like they have this long-term meme factor. Uh, I have a couple more questions to get to, man. I think we have about five minutes left. Uh, Don R is on my level right now because uh, he's got the question that I want to ask you. Uh, you were mentioning, you know, Dapper and, and Top Shot and all these things. Obviously, that's on the Flow blockchain. What's your take on kind of the ecosystem as it exists now? Uh, I think it's a pretty easy bet to probably say, like, we're going to be interoperable in the future. So not really mm-hmm. looking for that, like, answer. But what do you make of, like, the Solanas, the Flows uh, of the world as they exist today and, and going forward? I'm actually pretty ignorant on all things Flow. Like, I never got into Top Shot and I just sort of it sort of passed me by. I, I did buy some Flow tokens early on in the year when I was more into the crypto side of things. And I was like, I just want some exposure to NFTs without figuring out all the NFTs. But that was a long time ago. I haven't really done any, uh, like I sold them ages ago and I haven't really checked out the blockchain as sort of like a, a big picture question. I think that we're going to exist, uh, like we will exist in a world where there's multiple blockchains that each carve out their own niches, that each do things successfully, I think. And, and we will have this interoperability where cross-chain bridges and marketplace aggregators and all sorts of stuff will happen where, you know, there will be thriving NFTs that have were born on other chains and, and may continue to live on other chains. Um, you know, and obviously thing, places like Solana have huge benefits over Ethereum in terms of transaction speeds and, and costs and, you know, gaming NFTs make a lot of sense there, for example. Um, yeah, so I... I'm bullish on many chains. Like I wouldn't, I'm not like, I do think ETH will always be, you know, king. It will, especially once sharding and rollups and layer twos and stuff all become more seamless and easy to, you know, go back and forth and the friction is lowered. Um, but I definitely see that other chains will exist and probably thrive and do well. Probably not all of them. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we can have 50 blockchains. It just doesn't make the sense, but um, I, I can see like five to 10 strong contenders, each having their own niche and area and then, yeah. yeah, the crypto space is doing uh, super well, like from a macro standpoint, obviously, with like the backdrop of inflation and all these different things uh, that's happening yeah. in IRL, uh, the, mm-hmm. which we, we are just not uh, privy to all the time. But I stick my head yeah, yeah. out of this hole uh, every once in a while. Uh, so people are making massive gains. Uh, you're predictably probably making uh, good gains. I had a question come through from myself saying, what percentage of NFTs do you plan on selling at the top of this cycle? Maybe not that question specifically, but like, what's your take on kind of like selling and, and uh, I guess like a portfolio management is probably the question I'm going for here. Yeah, no, it's a good question. I think um, rule one of NFTs for me is not to sell NFTs. Uh, I'm, I, I, it's so hard. Rule two is to buy multiples so that, you know, if you do sell, you can keep one, uh, keep some exposure to the project. Uh, I basically when prices start going really mental and parabolic, that's when I'll start selling some. And so we saw that end of August and I started selling off, you know, some of my art blocks factory, especially, um, and, and a few other pieces here and there, just cause the prices were really insane. Um, aside from that, I tend not to sell unless I need the liquidity for something else. Cause I am so bullish on NFTs long-term. Mm. And while I know that yes, not every project is going to be successful and a lot will, you know, go to zero or close to zero. Um, I think by and large, the projects that I buy into and stay in are the ones with good teams that are, you know, have this long-term vision. Um, even then some of them will fail and fade away. But I think that the, the odds of them sticking around and being worth a lot more in the future, just the fact like, when we look back at this in 2022, 2023, 2025, there aren't going to be that many projects that were born in 2021 that was that are still around and doing well. But the ones that are, they will probably be doing very, very well. Um, another thing that that's sort of in that line um, with not wanting to sell is that often you'll you'll have a project from six months ago, and then it'll like maybe the founders launch another collection, but they'll reward the early holders and supporters and you'll get like free airdrops, free you know whitelists and all sorts of stuff, and you just you just get this continual value from holding these nfts i think so yeah i I will sell if things go parabolic but unless i need the liquidity then i try not to sell otherwise i I love that take man i was just talking to one of my buddies at a hedge fund and he was mentioning the 2017 to now kind of eth run right like Mm. if you didn't need to sell back then as long as it survives and we we have a macro backdrop it's gonna do well you know eth was like 50 bucks back then and just based on everything we just mentioned 
if you can hold, hold, you know, so not financial advice, of course. Uh, so we are about at the end of the episode, man. Uh, I do have a lot more community questions. Of course, they were super excited to get them to you, uh, but we're going to have to end this one a little bit early. Last question uh, here from the community is what is the, what are the biggest mistakes teams make when they launch an NFT project? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, on the surface, uh, like the, the technical stuff, like just not having the website, prepared for like a ton of volume if you fear there's a lot of hype and having website crashes not getting your contract battle tested and audited and making sure there's no exploits um making sure your contract is optimized for gas so your your buyers aren't wasting gas either on failed transactions or just you know there are ways to code a contract so that even a general transaction doesn't cost as much as the standard one doesn't gas so you want a developer or developers who are conscious about those things and thinking about your community um yeah. Sorry. What was the question again? Exactly. It was just what, where do teams kind of misstep when they launch a project? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so another thing I was uh, going to mention is that uh, just not being there in Discord. Like I think one of the most important things is having a presence. Just because at launch day, at launch time, there's a lot of like emotions are running high. People have money. They're investing. They're missing out. There's scammers trying to scam people, and and they want to hear from the team and be reassured and just hear what they're doing. And I know firsthand how difficult it is because you're doing a ton of other things at once if you're launching a project, but hire a community manager, get a trusted friend just to be there to reassure people. It doesn't, you don't have to tell them anything. You can just say, we hear you, we know we're working on it. We'll get to, we'll get back to you and make a log and get back to them and like, just be there and communicate, I guess is, is the number one thing that projects can do better and don't. Um, yeah. God, I love the radio silence that they give us when when there's a pro when something goes wrong and then they don't talk and chat for 15 minutes. That's that's always great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just like it doesn't have to be an and like most of the time when when they don't respond, it's because they don't have a response because something's gone wrong. Like, how do we handle this? What do we say to them? Just have someone there to or say it yourself. Hey, we're looking into it. We're dealing with it. We hear you. Mm -hmm. That's all people want to know. They want to know that they've been heard. Yeah. Guys, this has been a fantastic uh, interview. Zeneca, you absolutely uh, blew this one out of the park, man. I knew you were going to do well. I knew this was going to be a great conversation. I wish we could have you for another four hours, like Don are saying. Four more hours, please. This is awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Zen. So uh, last question and book recommendation for the people out there. Could be crypto, non-crypto, and then Ooh. we will let you out of here, man. A lot of books I love. I've been talking about sleep a lot lately. So Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker is an excellent book. Um, and let me throw a fiction one out there. I like the um, the Three Body Problem trilogy okay. by Leo Sixon. I, I, I'm probably butchering his name. I apologize, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drop Zen Academy link here in uh, the chat. Of course, it's going to be in the description as well. Uh, I think Zeneca's main accomplishment here is that he's the only person in the NFT space uh, that sleeps eight hours. So that is probably your <laughs> biggest accomplishment, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I talk to so many people and, and they don't. And I'm, yeah, it, it's got a, uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. If you well, can do it. Yeah. Ab absolutely, man. So uh, great, great times here, guys. If you want to listen to this again, uh, maybe in audio form, this comes out on Spotify, comes out on iTunes. Uh, please share the links. It's on Twitter and everything. Zeneca, you, you laid it down, man. Appreciate you coming through and we'll need to collab, man. If our two communities can get together, I think we could do some cool things uh, yeah. in, in some type of way. Definitely. We'll definitely have to uh, do something in the future. Thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun as always.